You are now listening to the Life is Not Complicated You Are podcast with mentor, role model, proven philanthropist, and best-selling author, your host, Carlos Wallace. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, second episode of Put Your Gloves Down, Liz. We, we, this is about discussing politics without getting into a fight, not getting into a fight. You know I'm always ready. But it, it, it's not. We. I'm too old to fight, man. I'm I, from I'm, Brooklyn, I'll son. Be 50. I don't know what I'm to tell you. I'm always, look, my I'm, head's always on a swivel. I'm not. I'm, I always like, have to be prepared. I can't do all that. And you know what? Mm-mm. Don't even try to play me because you start off all mellow and cool and reserved and measured. Then we get into a topic that you're fer- fervent about and adamant about. And then all of a sudden it's just like, nah, 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 let me tell you. And I'm like, tell them why you mad, son. So <laughs> don't even try to come off like this. Knowing so those that are just <laughs> now joining in, if you missed episode one. Mm-hmm. Uh, this season is dedicated to how to discuss politics without getting into a fight. Mm. And uh, we we survived the first one. We did. Liz is she's she's asking the questions. She's running the interviews now, and uh, I'm going to do the best I can to give the sensible answers on how to you know conduct mm. and uh, keep the peace. And I'm running the interviews because I say with full understanding of what my limitations are with regard to this i don't talk about or really grasp politics as deeply as carlos does i i can have a an intelligent conversation about it but it's it's just not my forte you don't give yourself enough credit but anyway we'll, well move on. It's, I, let's I, just I say you, she she know more than she is willing to admit but you know how some people um They'll play as if they don't know how to perform the task, so they won't be called on to perform wow. it. <laughs> we we did that in the Navy. We about to fight, yeah, y'all. The Navy, the Navy <laughs> the stands The whole premise for, of this podcast is about to go the down. Navy, why never again volunteer yourself? Wow. Like that's, so so we would act like we don't know how to perform the task, so well, we won't be called not, on. That is not the case. I just stay in my lane. I just stay in my lane. However, as we discuss off mic and we've discussed on several podcasts i learned a lot talking to you about the process about politics so on and so forth and uh i've developed a greater appreciation for it and i've also learned how to use my local politicians to get results for certain things uh something that i hadn't necessarily done in the past um look we know that this is an election year the big one right four-year one. We're going to elect the president. There's an election happening. There's a congressional election every two years. There are local elections at some point in every year. Plus, we have this. There is always an opportunity for us as a people to use our voice and make it known. And if you don't think it works, I, I... You and I discussed this example I gave. Um, my alma mater was having a problem outside of uh, the school. This was after a major storm that occurred you know, earlier in the year, earlier in 2020. 
big tree uprooted in front of the school. Now, while the city moved the tree, the sidewalk was split wide open, and it created a hazard for man, people coming in and more. out. I've never seen that happen so often. <laughs> you took pictures after the storm. Jeez. I said, man, and it I wasn't mean, even a storm. It was a little wind blew. Like I'm from Houston. We have storms. <laughs> you have storm storm. No, this, I, uh, uh, I'm not going to let you have little, that, this man. Was little. No, Sandy wreaked havoc on us, But this us, wasn't man. Sandy. This to some Sandy. people it was, I'm man. It, it, caused, was, it, was just it caused some major damage it, in a lot no, of areas, man, you it, know. And it, and it, it, and it, it was a power it line or two some, down. some destruction, and, man. <laughs> you better not say that out loud too much because you're going to have communities that didn't have power for like two weeks come at you and my hands don't work. I can't. I, I'm too I, old I, to fight. You know I'll how you always say you too old to fight? I've I'm been too old there, to fight. I've been without power for an extended period. Man. And yeah, no, it's not a, it's not a pretty picture. But in pursuant of that conversation, those people sought help. Those people would call the local politicians. They call city officials, you know, whether or not they were getting the results they wanted at the time in, in the period that they wanted. Um, unfortunately, many didn't, but they at least took action and became part of the process. When I learned that there was this hazard in front of my alma mater, I made um, a couple of phone calls, uh, one to Assemblywoman Rodney Bichot, who's a friend of mine, who got in touch with Farrah Louis, who is a councilwoman. So you just going to throw that out there? like? Y'all be going to girls night, wine out and dying those are my, out. Those are my sisters. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me correct. Those are my Main Haitian God. sisters. Oh, thank take you. Thank you making moves out Jeez. here in the political world. Making moves. Laying foundations in the political landscape. So, bloop. But anyway, well, I digress. I'm tight with AOC <laughs> in my head. In, my in your head, that's your that's your best friend in your head. No, no, she too young to be my best uh-huh. friend. Oh, she just but she's you like cool a, she's like a little that. Mentee. Yes, mentee. You know mine, what? Yeah. Then I'm gonna jump on that bandwagon too, cause yeah, yeah. yeah. uh huh. I'm 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 pretty cool with her too. She's my sis. Like yeah, oh yeah, no, we have um we get together, we do our hair for two hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> I'm dead. That's yeah. <laughs> to see, treat ourselves on our birthdays. Oh, I'm sorry. Oops, am I being petty? Yeah, I just wear your mask. Don't be like Pelosi. <laughs> but uh, point is, they made it happen. You know. Now I don't know how far they've gotten in the process. I haven't checked in. Um, past the phone call, past oh, they the action. probably got it because it's election season. The, you know, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, reality being right what it, it is, look, this is this is what you do. They're going to feel the hole themselves. There you, you go. You remember now. Don't forget on <laughs> November 3rd. I feel that hole for you. Right. Now, come on down here and, come and, and on down show, me your, you show me your appreciation. That's right. Appreciation. Phone banking all. But uh, it felt good to be able to make the phone call. And it was, it was not only because... I know them, it was because I knew that I could, because that's what they're there for. Mm-hmm. And that's a promise they make to us when they take an oath of, of, of their leadership. No, role, when they ask for leader. your vote. And when, yeah. And so, boom, when you, basically. When, listen, yeah. they, you, they wrote you a check. When they get in office, you say, okay, now cash it. There you go. You know what I mean? Don't bounce this check. Right. Because you. It, Two years, you're gonna you gonna need me again. You're gonna need me again. <laughs> and I'm not taking wooden nickels next time. You know how I'm much power cash. that is? That's a lot. Do you know how much power that is that you as a constituent, you as as a citizen, you as a member of a community has? Well, as a one, you don't. But when they know you can go get others that think like you, right. Now, why do you think they buddy up with pastors? 
Because the pastor of a large congregation, a thousand, two thousand mm-hmm. people, they know at the tip of his voice are two thousand votes. Right. You don't want voters. You want a voting block. Correct. <laughs> you that, you mean, want a, yeah. You want a yes. collective. You want yeah. a, a a populace of voters, and you need to be part of that populace. You Just, need to be part if of, you guys of collectively share an interest. There you go. And that's where you you know that's how that works. Like people think you can just collect, come together. Like no, we have to have a, a shared interest. Right, because not everybody feels the same way about mm, a thing. Some correct. people probably didn't care the sidewalk was all ripped up. They don't live anywhere near it. They don't pass. They don't go up and down that block. So it didn't. It wasn't a vested interest for them. Correct. So the power of your voice, the power of using your local government, your state government, and and your national government, I think is something that is so underrated. However, comma, do you think we are realizing we as a collective, as a society, is is getting a better understanding of, of how important it is because a lot of people on both sides are just dedicated to getting what they want in November. Do you, do you find that that's the case, that there's more passion, more fervor No. this year? Really? Nope. Why not? I think what we have is a nation that's either voting for or against Donald Trump. Hmm. That's it. You know, I personally, I, 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 I told you a year and a half ago that I was voting for Biden if he ran because I know his commitment to labor mm-hmm. uh, with respect to rail labor, I know that because he rode the same train into work as a senator for twenty plus years, right? With the same rail crew, some of my UTU brothers, and when Barack won the presidency, Biden vice president, he rode that train to D.C. for the inauguration, mm-hmm. and he took those union brothers with him, as as, a, as you know, as an honor, because he said, "Look, these guys, I've ridden the same route with these guys." For the past twenty plus, you know, mm-hmm. these are my they're, they're like family, so I know his 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 level of commitment to uh, rail labor. So he had my vote. I don't care anything else. You can tell me what his son did in Ukraine and on. The, I'm voting for him for one reason, one reason only, and all the other things are just secondary. Right. So, uh, but I rarely have that conversation. Most people they're either voting for or against Trump. They don't know why. They just. They just, oh, I don't like him. Oh, I love him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's one or the other. Um, you had some people voting for a wall that we probably will never see in our lifetime. You have some people voting because they didn't want the wall. And I told you years ago, I said it's not even an issue. Mm-hmm. George Bush signed that wall legislation way back in 06 or 04, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And we still yet to see it. Like, but people, people don't. But no one really. Well, I don't want to say no one because I'm not the only person. But very few people go do that type of research. They're right. not even, you know. But it was a great campaign slogan for him. It worked. Mm-hmm. It made you either like or dislike him. Right. So, so the answer to your question, I, no, I don't think people are becoming more educated with the process. I think they either hate or love Donald Trump. It's personal. Period. Which doesn't help. Like right. it, it really doesn't help. There are some people that's probably going to vote against him that would benefit them, and there are some people that are going to vote for him, and it's against their own interest, you know, because they're not doing the due diligence, you know. But would you would you agree that you're at an advantage? This is personally as an individual in that you grew up 
around politicians with politicians uh you you grew up talking to in in close personal relationships with prominent leaders uh judges you know community leaders uh politicians you you were trained to ask questions you challenged the status quo this is just something that you came up with at a very young age not a lot not a lot of people have that i wouldn't say because i grew up with politicians or judges because that that part's true it's just that i've always wanted to be a part of the decision making <laughs> you know right when uh in the fourth grade i was elected president of junior historians mm-hmm. it was the first time my peers elected me president and i don't even remember what my duties were but not much i'm sure it was just a title you know but that carried on into middle school where I became the uh, student council president Mm -hmm. and that was a time to make some decisions that you know you're speaking on behalf of your peers being your students and um, so that that part was instilled in me early Um, and also in church you know I was a youth leader so what do you do as a youth leader you get to make decisions for the youth department you know what I mean or you get to speak on behalf of the youth department and so I think my mother specifically always instilled in me to be a part of the decision making and if you can be the decision maker be that right but if not be a part of it be on the court you know so I think it's more that uh than it is I didn't want to sit back and allow others to make my decisions for me and we see there's too much of that. We, we allow others to make our decisions and then we complain about the decision they made. We complain and get angry and yeah. we, we don't do anything about it. That a lot of my aha moments happens when something, unfortunately, a lot of times tragic happens. When uh, Justice Ginsburg died, you, you, you saw it. You, you saw how it, confl- it completely deflated me. And, and at that time, I knew she had done remarkable yeah, she things. she done her part. <laughs> remarkable things she done her part. for the gender, but, uh, not and not the just the gender, just, just period. period. Yeah. And, and that, that f- for equality, and that falls in line with what you've been saying about not allowing people to make decisions for you and she played an integral role in in setting the foundation where we have at the very least a judicial system because of her and her voice that refused to let power be be taken from the people i mean they told this lady she couldn't practice law right and she said what (laughs) we'll see whereas we take today Someone will tell us no, and we'll go home and cry about and it. Cry about we'll it. go to yeah. the bar and drink about mm-hmm. it. We'll get on Facebook and rant about it. And instead of applying applying that same energy to fighting and correcting a wrong, mm-hmm. and I try to convince and, and 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 teach that every day. What are you crying for? Get up and figure it out. Mm-hmm. Find out how you can right that wrong. Right. And for those that say, well, Carlos, you don't understand. Check my resume. Check my resume. I got a lot of bully wounds. You you speak from experience. Absolutely. You speak from experience. Absolutely. Um, Again, I, you know, and I speak clearly from the perspective of a woman, although point taken that um, 
a good leader will will help a society across the board with regard to equal rights. It's not necessarily, you know, gender equality. It's it's about equality. Because a good leader don't divide. They there unite. you go. They're not they're not divisive. Um, but it's not enough to put your life in the hands of the leader and hope that they do right. Mm-mm. You have to be an active participant in in what that leader. You have to give him something to work with. You have to give him the support that he needs because one person could could speak for the collective. Right. But if the collective doesn't galvanize around that person and let and let the people around him know, hey, you think I'm coming on my own. But no, I'm coming with a whole army. Yep. And they're more likely to back down or acquiesce or at least at the very least compromise. We're not helping. When 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 Donald Trump won. Um, people were kind of upset. But then as in the coming months and he started to make decisions, executive orders mm-hmm. and, and whatnot, people would get upset. And, and I, I, you think he was there for you? Like he is making decisions for the best interests of those that voted for him. Right. Quite naturally. Quite naturally. I mean, I can't blame him for that. So if you don't like that, make sure you have a person in office mm-hmm. that makes the decisions that's in the best interest of you. Now, you have a very uh, broad, diverse group of friends on, on both sides of the political spectrum. And you've talked to me about conversations you've had, whether it's, you know, via text, email, inbox, person to person, about people that, that voted Mm-hmm. For for Donald Trump, but then when he started making executive decisions or or at suggesting that he may make uh, executive decisions or changes about things that affect them personally, then all of a sudden, and healthcare being among them, yeah, healthcare uh, being uh, one, a lot of them were like, "Wait, ho, oh, hey, now, well, wait a minute." I think. Well, uh, some of my friends that voted for Donald Trump, the majority will probably still vote for him because it's more about they're conservative for one. Mm-hmm. End of story, right? Second, I have several friends that are business owners, that you know, wealthy business owners. So the vote makes sense for them in the tax <laughs> for tax the, purposes. Sure, in yeah. the tax mm-hmm. discussion. Do they think he's a horrible human being? Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right now. For those that was worried about him in the in the healthcare, and the, they're idiots. They should have never voted for him. Like you didn't think that over, right? You know, so I wouldn't call those because he friends. was he didn't hide his feelings about it prior well, to not the just him, the Republican Party. Right. Like they never wanted that 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 legislation, you know. And to think that there was forty million people out there without healthcare, and for them to say eh, that's disturbing, you know, mm-hmm. and for you to support that. And I think it's it's because it hadn't hit home, you right. know, until it does hit home. There you go. And you understand how important healthcare is. Now this speaks to our conversations about being informed and voting your wallet or voting your best interest. You you talk a lot about uh, town hall meetings. Mm. You also have a very uh, strong opinion about those. Uh, I won't 
lead into it with with my <laughs> own opinions of it because I want I want the people to hear from you and that is the purpose of this podcast is is so you could show me how to have a conversation about these types of things without mm-hmm. you know getting in my feelings or you know getting all riled up about it your take on on town hall meetings uh pros cons important not important what do you make of them well there's two sides like i've participated in town hall meetings where i had to answer questions you know um and i remember a story specifically uh i forget what state we were in but it was a town hall meeting and it was an older white gentleman and he was just pro mccain he said, no matter what, he just, Barack just don't have the experience and I don't know him, you know, it's on and on. Okay, okay. And I said, well, what do you do, sir? He said, well, I'm a coach. I said, well, how many classes do you teach? He said, none, I'm a coach. And I said, well, have you, have you taken a look at McCain's education bill, what he's proposing? You know, all educators will spend at least two hours in the classroom. Well, there are some places, some states where coaches, that's all they do is coach. And uh, in this particular state, that's all they do. Mm-hmm. And the thought of him having to get in front of a chalkboard and, and, and do a little teaching, it was it, that scared him to death. Mm-hmm. He's, oh, well, I don't want that. So that's what make town hall meetings important, right? Right. It's for the independent. It's for the person that want to get further information up close and personal like if you're a democrat i'm a diehard democrat i'm not going to donald trump's town hall meeting for what he's not going to change me and i'm not going to change him and i always counter when you say that by saying wouldn't you want to go to kind of just know know thine enemy just you know uh what is it the enemy of my enemy is my friend you 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 want to hear his thinking so that you know you say you you want to be on the offense don't you want to know what what the defense is is doing no the no. defense need to worry about what i'm doing i don't not to, you don't have to go to his town hall meeting <laughs> to know what he's doing. but but uh see i think some people think a town hall meeting is a place to go to cause a disturbance yes to that, go that, to go maybe the misnomer to go give right. them a piece of their mind mm-hmm. you know i'm gonna go to this and i'm gonna curse him and i'm well, you, you just look like an idiot. That's mm-hmm. all. And, and so why, what, is the, pur- what is the purpose of a town hall meeting? It's for the, it's for the independent voter. He's not red or blue. He want to go and hear Trump. And he want, next week later, he want to go hear Biden. Mm-hmm. He want to hear up close and personal. He want to hear people from his community that ask questions that reflect him and hear what their answer is. Because when they're on a national scale, they're not talking about Jacksonville, Texas. But if they come to Jacksonville, Texas for a town hall meeting, obviously there's something in Jacksonville, Texas that they want to address. Okay. And I want to be there. If Trump came to Jacksonville, Texas, I don't want to hear him speak. Why? Like Because I know whatever it is he's saying is not to my best interest. Now, if he says, I'm going to flood Cherokee County with a lot of federal dollars to increase jobs and... That's gonna happen whether I go or not. Mm. So what I, what I, I don't need to go help convince him. Right. You, you, you get what I'm saying? So, town hall meetings is for to get that up close and personal, to have question answered that direct your community. Mm-hmm. You know, reflect your community. But if you're going just to you know get something off your chest, you, you're wasting everybody's time, including your own. It's creating a distraction. 
But oh, enemy of man. Let's let me clear that up. Okay. No politician should be your enemy because at the end of the day, we all want the same thing: what's best for America. Okay. At the end of the day, we just have different ideologies, right? Right. But we we both on both sides mm-hmm. want what's best for America. So mm-hmm. it's it's not your enemy. Russia is your enemy. China is your enemy. And Put anyone it in perspective. that has, right? Uh, you know. Whoever doesn't have the best interests of the United States in in, in at heart, Correct. Is, that's your enemy. That's our enemy. Correct. Right. Not any politic. No political figure in America should be considered your enemy. Nor should they act like it. Okay. The electoral college. Sitting with my parents the other day, <laughs> uh, trying to to explain because you know my mom very practical. She's just like. The electoral college is too complicated. I don't understand it. It's not something the average person is really familiar with. They should just do away with it and let the popular vote decide who the uh, president of the United States is going to be. I know the Constitution has the electoral college in place so that there is some kind of fair and equitable decision making that happens on election day so no, that it's fair not it's an equitable representation representation yes. sure yeah by by virtue of representation in terms of the decision making uh, to to elect the president and vice president of the United States we have an electoral college uh, 538 electors a majority of at least 270 of those votes is required to win the election. That That is what they're going after. Your take on the importance of complexity of the electoral college versus the popular vote. Now we're not here obviously to change the constitution, but maybe if you can kind of just put it in perspective you know, for people like my mom okay. that, that aren't very well informed about it. Um. When I, when I was a union officer, I was also a delegate for, for our local. So what each, each local has one delegate. And that delegate, anytime there's national elections, like for president, vice president, um, um, contra- contracts, everybody vote. But for the national officers, each delegate vote to represent their local, right? Mm-hmm. And... So we're kind of like the electorate. We're the electorate for our our local, uh-huh. and the reason you do that is because we had we had one local in Kansas City that had like six thousand members in that one local. Well, my local had three hundred, and that my local was considered big, mm-hmm. but it's not six thousand. Right. We have some that six thousand. We have some that are twenty five members. But each local still only got one vote. Mm-hmm. Why? So it would have an equal say so on who the president is. Okay. If you if we went one for one, that's what it's called, one for one, where each vote is individual. That local with the six thousand members, they would probably determine every president in our union. Mm-hmm. You know, with I think it's forty, fifty thousand people in our union. So. A president catered to that local and maybe three others, and boom, he you know he got it wrapped up. Right. So that means the other 480 locals, whatever the number is, doesn't matter because he can collect enough votes in those three or four locals to to win it all. Okay. The United States would be the same way. 
I think it's California, Texas, and New York. If you took the total population of those three states, it either equals or outnumber the rest of the United States. Mm -hmm. So if you take a president <laughs> that wins, you know, get every vote in New York, every vote in California, every vote in Texas, of course that's far-fetched, but to, to, to lock up those three states, then the other 47 states wouldn't matter. Right. And that's what we don't want. Right. You don't want that. You want equitable representation and you want it fair. Uh, so electoral college, should we retool it? Should we brush it up, bring it up to date? Okay, then say that. Mm -hmm. But to say let's do away with it and go popular, that would be that would be a bad idea. You know, and I know Democrats think that because right now, you know, for the last three or four elections, I think Democrats have had the popular. Um, right. By two, three, four, five percent, you know, whatever the number. But it's not going to be fair when it flips the other way. You know what I mean? So we want a system in place that no one likes, but everybody's satisfied. Right. And that has been the what you just said about, well, you know, un, un, unless it flips the other way, then they don't like it. And and that has been the course, the uh, the point of debate in, in a lot of issues now when it benefits a party it's great. It's amazing. No, we don't need to. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And then when the tables turn, it's like, oh, we really need to rethink the, the process of this. And, and, you know, maybe it's outdated. Uh, maybe we really need to, to get in there and, 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 that's and what, upgrade that's it and update it. Sides, yeah, that's both sides. You know, in Texas, there was this uh, a major push to do away with straight ticket voting. Mm -hmm. And if for those that don't know what that means. When you go into the booth and you say straight D, you hit the D up top and it votes for every D, every Democrat on that ballot right. receives your vote. Well, in Texas, a judge just ordered that they can do it this one last time. In Texas, they want to do away with it. And Democrats are upset. And I was like, dude, there are going to be Republicans that suffer just as much. Because mm -hmm. just like there's people that go in the booth and vote straight D, there's people that go in the booth and vote straight R. You know, So what we have to do, stay on offense. What we have to do is educate the voters on how to vote without being able to hit one tab. Right. Because to me, that, that one tab voting is more about being lazy than it is anything else. Mm -hmm. You know, people just don't want to um, go down the thing and click each individual one. They want to be able to vote in three to five minutes as opposed to seven <laughs> to ten walk minutes. Walk in and walk out. Yeah. yeah. So right. it's, it's just more about being lazy. This uh, information that you say we seek in, in the final couple of minutes that we have here, just from your perspective, how do you go about informing yourself about your ticket rather than just going in and go straight D or straight R? Get off TikTok and start reading up on some of this legislation. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, it's amazing to me how people can spend a large majority of time on social media mm. but yet walk away ignorant like start using that time productively that's all that's all just start being productive with the time and uh you know educate yourself it, man it won't hurt read five to seven minutes a day you know and, and if you start in january by november you'll be well informed on on every candidate all right <laughs> we'll see we, we always leave with with a, with a little bit of knowledge and information and i think that's that's something everyone could benefit from. See you next week. See you guys next week.
For more about Carlos, please visit www.carloswallace.com. Stream Life is Not Complicated, You Are, and The Other 99 Times. Train your mind to enjoy serenity on Tidal, Spotify, and Audible today.